of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 24th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. And shout out to Sutton and Janelle for uh, continuing to be a sponsor of Panhandle Live since day one of the reboot of uh, mm-hmm. Panhandle Live. So shout out to Sutton and Janelle. But I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik or... Should I say Panhandle <laughs> News Network sports uh, reporter, Marshall Marsha. Special correspondent. Pe- special, special correspondent. Special sports correspondent. If I could have taken a selfie with the coach down there, I would have <laughs> loved to have. I, I thought that would have just been, you know. I mean, the, did you think when you came into work today you'd been on the sports show? Nope. Nope. That'll teach <laughs> well, me to send you, send you a, a text with Marshall information. But, yeah, so thank you for holding down the fort for my of birthday. Course. Yes, happy birthday. Again, and everyone was like, I can't believe you stayed home and just. Clean. That was exactly what I went. We I get. Told, we I was get telling the, him. We get the day off, and and shout out to my husband. I got to do exactly what I wanted to do, and we had a nice lunch. We went out to um, uh, the cider press. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, and look a, at that. Yeah. That's all you can ask for on your birthday. Yeah, and then I'm gonna. So the place I wanted to go was closed on Tuesdays. So oh. the World War II experience in Gettysburg. I want to go there this. Man, that would have been the perfect yeah. marche. A little clean in, yeah. a little cider press, a little World mm-hmm. War II stuff. Yep. So. Can't Perfect. fit it all in one day, so I'll do it probably Saturday or Sunday. So, right. But yeah. we do have our first guest joining us. We do. So, uh, you know, it just feels like all the great people are are kind of leaving the building. They're, you know, retiring, moving on to other things. You know, we Becky across the street is now just kind of like doing Christmas yeah. cash for kids, but she's taken a you know, step down from her role over at uh, City National. And um, so uh, Margaret Coxwell is stepping down after more than 40 years at the helm of Hospice of the Panhandle. In studio to talk about that is Margaret and Development Director Maria Lawrenson. Welcome in. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having us. I feel very old. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you started when you were 10. Come on. Yeah, there you that's go. Right. That's Come right. on, Margaret. So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your, your journey into being the head of hospice, you were a nurse, right? Right. I was a, a nurse and one of the first really oncology nurses over at what was then City Hospital, now Berkeley Medical um, Center as well. And so the alignment with hospice, you know, taking care of uh, patients with cancer was definitely there. And that's mm-hmm. how I, I actually took the volunteer training. Our organization was founded in, in 1980. I mm-hmm. took volunteer training in 81. Wow. And thank you, older sister, who said, you want to come do this with me? And I thought, well, that sounds like a good thing and aligned with what I was doing and wound up on the board. And I was a volunteer for them. And then we had some changes in the licensure law that required a nurse to be in charge of the plan of care, even if you were a volunteer organization, which is really what we were at that point in time. 
and they looked around the boardroom and said, "Why don't you do it, Margaret?" And I was like, "I wasn't looking for a job. You know, I was pretty happy being Usually a nurse." Usually, how it works out, right? Yeah, and I said, "Well, I'll do this, and if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to nursing." Mm-hmm. And well, you never did. and here I am, thirty-five years later, and um, you know, it's been it's been a real. Um, it's been a joy to do. It's it been a like, challenge. Hey, but, but I'm sure it's been a fruitful experience over all those years. Oh, absolutely. I I just um, look back on the number of lives that we as an organization, you know, it's not me. I just happen to be the person out in front right now. And um, that we have touched the lives of this community and really helped that experience at a very difficult time in life um, be better. And that's all you can ask for is like to be able to make an impact and I think that I sense that even back in those early days as people were so appreciative to have that kind of support mm-hmm. um, that, um, you know, it fills your it fills your heart, fills your soul. We know there are some CEOs that are really they specialize on the, you know, the bottom line, you know, making sure the resources are there. You bring extra skills to this job because of your prior line of work as a nurse and, mm-hmm. and working one on one with patients. Um, so I'm going to bring Marie into the conversation. What is that like having someone with those sensibilities at the helm of this organization? Well, she's sitting right next to me, so, so I'm going to say the nice yeah, yeah, yeah. things. Uh-huh. No, but uh, truly, <laughs> and I joked um, when the announcement was made Monday morning, a couple Mondays ago, that Margaret and I went way back. We mm-hmm. actually took a birthing class together. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Was that Will? Are the same that age. Will. That would be Will. She, yes. she beat me. Will got, was born was before born Michael. Was born earlier. Overachiever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I think, um, you know, people who've worked for me, and I've been at Hospice of the Panhandle for 14 years, and people who work for me say, you know, you come into this place and you think that, when when people talk about mission focus or mission centric and you think yeah no that's not but yeah it really is mm-hmm. i mean and that comes from the top i think margaret has led the organization in a way um that that another person clearly wouldn't have she's grown with the organization mm-hmm. yeah. as well mm-hmm. and one of the things she always talks about is what's the next thing we can do and we've had a lot of next things that mm-hmm. I've been intimately involved <laughs> with. Um, we needed you. Yeah, clearly, you know, the first in my tenure was the building of the new campus. Which has inpatient. been tremendous. Yeah, it really has. It really has. So um, so I, I, you know, I certainly tip my hat and, and we will certainly miss her. But she likes to point out that the organization is in a really strong place that we have lots more growth um to accomplish and and we'll be fine for the next 40 years i was looking at the bio and it said the first it quotes you saying the first year we were an all-volunteer organization and served 10 patients a year Uh (laughs) now we serve more than a thousand annually annually yeah every single year we're at um over a thousand patients and um that's quite a tremendous growth and the services have really changed because we were basically able to do supportive visits for the organization the volunteers did supportive visits and now we have skilled professionals nurses social workers hospice aides chaplains 
you know, and uh, people going out to homes and what we do now is just so much uh, deeper and greater and the support is so much stronger than it was. So how have the things changed? How have things changed over the years? Because I feel like uh, for most people, when they hear hospice, they immediately, you know, think of the last three days of life. Exactly. Not right? that. But, but mm-hmm. that's that's not even I mean, that is a portion of the job, but that's not even close to all of it. Right. And I think that we, like every other hospice out there, have always struggled with that and that um, people don't want to sign up for that, understandably, you know, and but what we universally hear, Maria hears this all the time, too, is that I had no idea what you did. You know, so their experience of it, even when they have intimate knowledge, we just took care of the mom of one of our longtime counselors um, in our program. And she said, I I've been here forever. I didn't I I really didn't understand the depth, the depth of support for families as well. And so our mission has always been about not just taking care of more people, but taking care of them for a longer period of time because they really benefit from that. And so we'll be singing that song forever. Forever. Yeah. Did you, have you all gotten the new commercial yet? It's ready to launch. Um, and so. it's a I bet story. Jordan will be processing it. Yeah. It's <laughs> a story of a gentleman from Jefferson County, actually, who I worked with at the Board of Education Office 30 years ago. Um, uh, his name is Warren Mickey. And he tells the story of how hospice helped him take care of his wife, Reva, um, in their home, in the home she was born in, in the home they raised their children in. I did in the hear home that. They still, I think yeah. I did hear that. So, um, so we're really excited about that. And that's the messaging. I mean, it is longer, longer periods of time, not the last not three days, sense. because yeah. if you call us sooner, then you get more than three days. Right. <laughs> yeah. it is, it's that quality of life. And we've we've run those commercials. We've oh, had yeah. you in talking about it, that it's not just, you know, it's it's support and making the person feel comfortable. The palliative care that we talk about, the the uh, professional staff that can come in and help with meds distribution and, and helping um, with with uh, hygiene and that kind of thing. But it's also getting the best um, weeks, years months out of Mm -hmm. whatever time is left and the fact that this surprised me too maria you guys said sometimes you guys have graduates that people don't always oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's right that's exciting too yes um 11 this month (laughs) (laughs) we're not quite ready for you to finish up here yeah exactly exactly right and that's that's the thing is that our team does such a good job of managing pain and other kind of distressing symptoms that sometimes those things are really masking what's going on. And it really both improves quality of life, even when you can't extend life, but it also sort of paints a different picture. So um, that's we're just always encouraging people, just call us. And if you're not right for hospice, maybe you're right for our new palliative care program, which is the next, next new thing that we have done. And we're not done yet. There's just so much that we as an organization will do. And I know that the next person steps in my shoes will carry that forward too. Well, it's, it's not um, it's not just about caring for the patient. You also have to figure out portals of, you know, how things are covered, insurance, mm-hmm. Medicare, all of that. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's changed a lot. It it has. There, there are some constants. Medicare has had a hospice benefit from since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has changed over time, and the regulations have certainly increased. It is the times I pound my head on the wall. 
And it is when I usually go find a team meeting because I need to get reconnected. Mm -hmm. The nurse in me needs to hear what we're doing that makes a difference so that I can go back and do the regulations and the paperwork and the rest of those things to make sure that continues to happen. Amazing work that you guys are doing. Uh, The Hospice of the Panhandle, in fact, covers the three counties that we talk about all the time, Jefferson, Morgan and and Berkeley, but also you've got a presence in Hampshire County as well. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask um, if, you know, Maria is going to take on your spot. Do we know who's next? Yeah, no, Maria is not. Um, I, yeah. Obviously, if our children are the same age, then we're close to the same age. Yeah, there might be that. Yeah. And I've always said that, you know, that I would retire within the same sort of general time period of that. And, and we have a, a very competent um, search succession planning team uh, that's working on uh, conducting that search both in the local area um, through possibly through a search firm that will retain um, and and you know we'll be in good hands. We have a very great board yep. who does really good work um, and very and, mission centric, yes. just as well. It really just flows through the whole organization. And so. they've got a year, and they, they got a year. year. Okay. I told them no longer than August the first. So go. next year. Yeah, yes. next okay. year. Well, unfortunately, we have to get to our first break here uh, of the show. But can you let people know, of course, how to get in touch with Hospice of the Panhandle, phone number, Facebook, things like that? Yeah, um, I'll start with the phone number, 304-264-0406. So we'd love to have people um, call us for anything they need, personalized resource guides, hospice palliative care. That's right. That's right. And they can go to our website. Um, you know, it, really the easiest way is just it's going to come up Hospice of the Panhandle <laughs> if you type that in and it's going to take you right there well maria margaret thank you all for joining us this morning uh, and good luck in the rest thank of your you. uh, endeavors throughout thank the rest you. of uh, uh your life i guess i could say now but uh if you missed any of this conversation let's back to it a little bit later on our panhandle news network facebook page but stick around for more panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network welcome back to panhandle live here are your hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kabalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. And, uh, wow, what a, what a great conversation we had there uh, with the folks from Hospice of the Panhandle. To, to be in a position like that for more than 40 years and, and to be so enthusiastic about it, it's, it's just amazing. And she gave her coworkers a year to get used to the idea of her... For not being there. Yeah. So that's mm. really awesome. Well well done. Yes, very much well done. If you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on the Panhandle Live Facebook page. But Marsha, we got some uh, news that's developing mm-hmm. here around the Panhandle. So um, there's a, there's an article over at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. You can read some of the details. We got a, a great press release from Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey about a case that uh, has pretty much come to a close uh, with the exception of the sentencing over in Jefferson County. And he joins us this morning via phone to talk about it. Uh, what a crazy convoluted story. Uh, Prosecutor Harvey, welcome in. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. Thanks morning. for being in with us. So this, um, you, you sent this over. It, it's about the, the conviction, basically, of uh, a man and uh, involved in a case where a, a gentleman was murdered. The body has never been found. So uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and tell the story. 
Yeah, so uh, late last or, or excuse me, early last year, uh, Jimmy Kearns was reported missing, um, and then separately, there was reports of a uh, smell of, of uh, a dead body coming from the Motel Six. And at the time, the police hadn't connected those dots together uh, because it was just more of a nuisance complaint. But w- w- that was suspicious. So they, when they went to check on that. It was immediately apparent to them that something had happened at the Motel 6. They just didn't know what. Um, Soon after that, they were able to, they they processed the scene and gathered as much evidence, took witness statements, the things, um, you know, asking about the smell that was overwhelming. And, 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 you know, when you think, when I'm talking about, hey, someone noticed a, a, a funny smell and called the police, I can't tell you how convinced that everyone I spoke to down there that they knew that something had happened in that room and it was a body that was in there based on the smell. Um, We had video of the staff covering their nose when they would walk by the room on the outside. Um, We we talked to the people that worked there. The occupants of the room, when they would come into the office, they had to they had to spray and light candles because they just smelt so bad. And I think that's part of the shock of this case. Um, as we further, as the case developed, um, it was uh, finally the pieces were put together that that was Jimmy Kearns um, who had been in that room. Um, he died and at the hands of C.J. Cook is, is what would the state would have alleged at trial. But he's now convicted of, of voluntary manslaughter, and the great lengths that they went to go to dispose of the body, um, staying in the room with this body that was decomposing mm. um, for five days, at least, at least. So when you say that when you say that people they knew something was going on in the room, I mean, did, were there reports of like fights happening, and then all of a sudden there was nothing, and then the smell started after a couple of days, or? There, there was no rep- reports of any fights that that the state's aware of. Um, that that hotel in particular is is there's a lot of um, comings and goings of people. It's it's a frequent uh, hotel that is used to deal drugs out of. Um, it doesn't attract the most desirable clientele. We can leave it at that. So uh, just to kind of tighten up the the retelling of this, so uh, Cook and his associate, uh, Amanda Fry, uh, checked out of that room, and then uh, that day someone called authorities to say that there was this smell. The investigation began, and uh, it led uh, investigators. There was a whole group of folks uh, from law enforcement in the area working on this, but eventually it led them to a landfill in Greencastle, Searched it for four days, according to your press release, and but the body still has not been recovered. That's correct. That's correct. How did you prosecute this then? Uh, in you know, without that piece of evidence. Well, that's that's always uh, the question: is how do you know he's dead? And and I think the the evidence was is pretty overwhelming in this case that he's in fact dead. We would have, if this case had went to trial, we would have put on family members, friends that hadn't heard from Jimmy, um, what they call toll records, which are 
phone records showing his phone just stopped. He stopped using it. Um, and communications from the defendants, both Amanda and CJ, they stopped contacting them. Um, there was no activity in bank accounts. Oh, by the way, we have video of, of the defendant, Cook, leaving the hotel room um, with, with Jimmy's personal belongings in a duffel bag, or a back, excuse me, a backpack, and then a, a cloth carry bag like you'd use at a farmer's market. Hmm. Uh, that was his only known possessions that he had. He saw him, it's on video, him carrying him off. He throws him into the woods close to a homeless encampment and then comes back to the room six minutes later. And that's where his personal items, including like a, like a social security card, his bank account information, all the things that, that we knew that he had on him during that, those last days of his life were in those bags and then discarded by the defendant. Eventually you uh, got statements from Amanda Fry though, corroborating a lot of that and saying that there was, you know, she believed that, uh, that uh, the victim had been stabbed uh, by Mr. Cook, right? That's correct. Yes, and and the the mattress was was examined for evidence, and the mattress um, uh, we have pictures of it. Plus, we have clippings that were sent off for DNA. There was no DNA, um, and that's that's a piece of evidence. The absence of evidence in this case is evidence because. We would have uh, put on experts to say that there is no DNA because so much bleach and, and cleaning agents were, were applied to the mattress. So, again, the, the great lengths that the defendant went to cover up um, everything would have been used as evidence in this case. So according to your uh, press release, we're talking to um, Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey. Uh, Amanda Fry pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact. Her sentencing is September 12th. So when Charles Cook is sentenced, uh, presumably November 1st, uh, he faces up to 15 years in prison. Are you guys going to advocate that he uh, carry out that entire sentence? We are, absolutely. So we're going to advocate for the maximum sentence, which is 15 years on the voluntary manslaughter, uh, not less than, uh, not less than one or more than five on the concealment of a deceased body, and not less than one or more than five on the conspiracy charge. We're going to ask that those be run consecutive, and that should make his sentence uh, a five to twenty-five is what we're going to ask for. Of course, they're going to ask for something less than that. But to you, I know one of the statements in your press release was about the, the victim's family members not really having the kind of closure that would be, you know, if they had a body to, to bury. That's, that, that is, it's, it's, it's hard to really articulate why, you know, it's just a body. It's a piece of flesh, right? But it, it's more than that. There's something that is so sacred about being able to give a loved one a proper burial and a place that you can return to remember them. This family and the friends of Jimmy have been de- deprived of that. Um, and even worse, they now know that he was cast aside like a piece of trash, and his body is laying probably in Gre- the Greencastle landfill, or, or if not Greencastle, at the, Le- at the Hedgesville landfill. That's terrible. That's torture that they'll have to endure, and that's a guilt and a burden that they'll carry for the rest of their life. Yeah, we're speaking with Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey. Unfortunately, we have to get to our next break here, but thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Take care.
Again, that's Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey. And if you stick around, coming up after the break, well, we're going to be speaking with well, Steve Allen. What director. could possibly go what wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Director of Jefferson County Homeland Security and Emergency Management, Steve Allen, will be joining the show. So stick around for more Panhandle Live after the break here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marge Kamali. If you missed it for the break, we had Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey on to talk about well the recent case of uh, you know some remains that were discovered. Pretty uh, wild story there. So if you missed any of that, listen back to it a little bit later on today. But Marsha, when you start to hear this music, that only means... One person is joining us in studio today. <laughs> and who could that be? That would be Jefferson County Homeland Security and Emergency Management Director Steve Allen with our monthly What, what Could, could go Possibly wrong? Go Wrong segment. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? Great. And I come to you fresh from, uh, uh, well, I guess three nights at the Jefferson County Youth Fair where we have a booth set up. So we're... Uh, we're really busy with that kind of stuff, along with all of our other duties and responsibilities that we take care of during the day and then spend the afternoon and evening at the fair. And today, well, how, how was the fair? Oh, it's well, <laughs> it's still going on. I guess. I yeah. don't he get doesn't get to, to go enjoy it. He's stuck a, in yeah. a booth. <laughs> I'm in a booth. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's like he's doing a live broadcast. That's right. Well, was it busy? <laughs> was the booth busy? Yes, Good. very much. I'd, I'd say we're getting probably 30 people or more per evening stopping at our booth and and us explaining to them Mm -hmm. what we need what they need to do in preparation do they have uh nixle uh the the, and what what is the uh uh notification system the that we have for for jefferson county so we've got all of those things going on that we're we're uh trying to explain to people just what to do for all the different types of emergencies what could possibly go that's wrong, right. right and we're getting into a weird part of the year too where you know we're getting some of these still the summer storms so the flooding is oh, yeah. there but then you know uh the fall brings its own set of uh dis- oh, yeah. or, well problems i guess with things drying out and so what could possibly go wrong yeah, yeah what are we looking at now <laughs> well of course we, we've still got some of the heat but thank goodness uh we've made it through mm-hmm. most of that heat uh however we'll have the uh the uh, summer or fall storms that are coming through with the possibility of flooding and things of that nature. But, um, and uh, one of our big points that we're, we're getting out to everyone and we have at our booth, we have, we have a myriad of of different items located at the booth. We have pet preparedness, what to do for that, what our local emergency planning committee does, what our office does and and all of the different uh, uh, responsibilities that we have within the office but and what I'm here to talk to you today about is um, uh, having kids ready. We have a program within our county. It's called Disaster Ready Kids, and um, we we recently, um, as a matter of fact, I'll probably be bringing her in uh, at at our uh, our September uh, meeting here, mm-hmm. if that's great, if that's good with you, sure. To introduce you to her, she we have a new 
public information officer, administrative assistant, and volunteer coordinator that's starting the 1st of September. Nice. And this person goes out into the school system along with myself or my deputy director, Nick Myers, and um, we do presentations for the children on what to do for different things. And as, as we know, as emergency managers and, and teachers and all others that work with children, uh, we understand that uh, our children and youth are the most important part of our communities. And uh, it, it can be and having them trained in what to do so they're not frightened and what to anticipate are very valuable um, during these uh, disasters. Or, or they're, and they're also the children are very vulnerable as well. It's important to us to ensure that their protection and to include their their needs in uh, planning, response, and our recovery efforts. And try not to scare them to death, too. And so that's I, like exactly you brought right. Some, you've yeah. brought some really cool yeah, pre- implements with you. Right. Prepare with Pedro. Is it and a coloring book? It is a coloring book. Activity book? I was, trying, an activity I was making book. sure I wasn't coloring it in while I was reading it there. Uh, well, and, and I'm, I'm sorry I did not bring you any crayons. Oh, you know, oh, these are things that we I have. thought we were talking about preparedness here. We, we are. Well... We only have a limited supply, and if you want to keep it's just some for the child children. for having crayons, Jordan, we can certainly, you know, we'll. I'll, I'll go down to the the local store and go ahead and bring you some appreciate back that. from Dollar that. Tree or somewhere. Like you know, we that. we've talked about this a good bit with the school preparedness, you know, the active tr- uh, shooter training right. and that kind of thing. That um, you want to let kids know how to be safe without scaring them. Uh, That's you know, it, yeah. What to, to anticipate to, and right. Yeah, right. So it's exactly. a it's a fine line. What are what are kids in the community most vulnerable uh, in terms of disasters? Uh, is it that they might be left alone, or that they might not be able to communicate with their families, or, or just that, they're, ju- they're just right. small, yeah. you know, and and maybe the the elements are you know. Right. They might be overcome by by rain or storms and that. Right. Well, um, all all of the above to start with, um, and we have uh, also have some small cards that we have at our table as well with communications plans, so that it has a list of children and ha- well, now that's the emergency supply mm-hmm. list that you've got that we we brought last yeah. week, and we have a. a a load of those at the table as well. Mm-hmm. We share all of that, but the communications list uh, with the for the children. Um, and also adults, their parents yeah. and so forth, with going over with the children about what telephone numbers they need to know, who, who they're going to call, if they're separated from their mothers and fathers or their guardians, who they need to call. And it could be someone local, but also we also prepare to call uh, to a long distance to someone that's out of state or somewhere because what happens many times is phones locally may be out. Mm-hmm. However... If you have a cell phone, you may not be able to dial locally here, but you can dial long distance. So you call someone at a, at a distance and let them know that you're mm. all right and everyone else in your family is calling that same person. Mm. So these, uh, these communications plans are pretty important with the children. But you talk about their vulnerabilities, um, and they are vulnerable just like adults with, with all of them, and including, of course, we, we have the active shooter uh, training that's going on now within schools um, for, for the teachers and the administrators and uh, all others, uh, whether it be service personnel, the cooks, the janitors, and so forth, and what to expect, but also to have them remain fairly calm and have a plan. And, and Jefferson County is very fortunate 
they've they've been working on these plans for years and we're working as well on a reunification what site uh, the, that the uh, students will go to they'll be reunited with their parents or their guardians and things like that so and that's being handled by the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department as well as uh, all of the municipal police departments within Jefferson County and Jefferson County schools. Sometimes just having those conversations with them and not scaring them and saying, um, right. you know, the, if a big ba- bad person comes in with a gun, but instead saying, look, if, if something happens and you guys need to dismiss early or they need to have you in a segmented spot somewhere, in right. the parking lot or whatever, mm-hmm. it, you, mommy understands and, and uh, it is okay if you go to Aunt Debbie's. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's right. the plan. If they can't get hold of mommy that day, you mm-hmm. go to Aunt Debbie's. And so many of our uh, parents in our panhandle work down the road. Mm-hmm. So it's a while for them to get back, to be able to uh, to, to pick up the children and so forth. So you, you have those uh, alternative uh, guardians or, uh, you know, relatives and so forth that can, can pick them up. Um, one of the things in the uh, Prepare with Pedro books and this is all available online at ready.gov forward slash kids. You can order these. You can um, have uh, your, your children um, meet with you, and you talk over all the different plans in here, such as thunderstorms. You'd be surprised the number of children that are scared of thunderstorms. I was scared of thunderstorms when I was a kid. Them, right. Absolutely. Well, we have videos as well um, that we, in the Disaster Ready Kids program, we take into the schools We'll sit down. We have books. We have a library of different books with different things uh, that that um, um, we can present. And and I'm I'm talking about children's books. I love that, that we, in the pictures and the illustrations, the family is gathered around the radio. Oh yeah, okay, absolutely. Speaks to me. Um, so, so it actually it gives you different scenarios and some things right. that you might want to consider. You know that you want to get into the lowest level of the building. Then mm-hmm. they've got the kids happily building the snowman. I feel like this would be the, the young Steve Allen going. The one kid goes, "I love the snow," and the other one says, "Me too." But before we go outside, we have to prepare yeah. and wear warm, warm clothes. clothes <laughs> so that would be Steve. Yep. Building a snowman with you. Well, yeah, Steve, and then dodging my, my children throwing snowballs yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah, we're speaking with Steve Allen, director director of Jefferson County Homeland Security and Emergency Management. Unfortunately, we just have a few more minutes here until right. we have to get uh, to our break. So uh, what else do you want people to make sure they know about coming up in with uh, you know preparedness? Well, and what we're looking at is uh, making a plan. Uh, well, first of all, in family emergency planning, we'll sit down with your children. Get the book. Order the book offline. They send them to you. As a matter of fact, we have contact with uh, teachers coming through the fair, and mm-hmm. uh, we've had several contacts, and we've said, you can order these books. Uh, you can order up to 500 or so at a time, wow. depending on the number of yeah. students that you have you, in, in your classroom or for the entire school. But get those, as well as the parents getting those things, and then talking with the children, talking about making a plan and who you're going to contact. And then test the plan to make sure mm-hmm. that it works. Absolutely. I remember going yeah. through school, especially with uh, um, like fire safety and stuff, to always have your emergency plan, where to go, uh, where mm-hmm. to go outside and meet up, of course, and things like that. It's like oh, Sparky's color Sparky's book. Look at that. The fire safety, fire safety fund. fund. All very important things that you can find at the Jefferson County Youth Fair if you head over to the Jefferson County Homeland Security and Emergency Management table. Where, Steve, are you going to be there again today? Absolutely. Every day uh, through Saturday night. Well, you should be getting some good weather the rest, the oh, rest yeah. of the uh, week here. The rain 
evening, I believe it was Monday night, uh, you brutal. could not hear yourself. And right. uh, wow. everyone came into the all the different buildings. Everybody was standing outside, came into the buildings. You're like, hey, let's rain. talk flooding. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, everyone's like, yeah, let's. <laughs> and you're, you're, uh, you're joking about it, but we had a captive audience. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time to strike. <laughs> yeah, we've been speaking with Steve Allen, Director of Jefferson County Homeland Security Emergency Management, for what could possibly go wrong. And Steve, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you all. We appreciate the time. Absolutely. Stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is March Kavali. You missed it for the break. We had Steve Allen on, Director of Jefferson County Homeland Security and Emergency Management for what could possibly go wrong. And, well, today it didn't seem like there was a ton that could possibly go wrong, which is always nice. Yeah, it is. But, um, you know... Poor him. He's he's at the fair, but can't enjoy the fair. But he was at the fair, and then they almost got a flash flood, so mm-hmm. he was able to like, go hey, there. It was like a teaching. I got some tips for you. Yeah, this yeah, is was, that works out perfect. An object Steve. lesson, right? But if you missed anything, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle uh, Live Facebook page. And Marsha, I'm looking at sweets in front of me. Oh. I see a basket over there with a bunch of great looking the stuff. The way to your heart, apparently, through oh, your stomach, right? One thousand percent and that is it, it's very well known we love our small businesses around here and uh we want to highlight uh the, the, our next guest tracy burker from mimi and papa's dips and more you've been in the community um for a long time with this business for a year welcome in thank you so thanks for coming in to the studio and bringing goodies with, and i should mention we didn't ask right like we didn't Right. This was not a requirement for coming right. in. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 It seems like people always bring the sweets, cakes, and you mm-hmm. know, treats. I love it. But what what is behind the idea to have this kind of store in Martinsburg? It kind of just really came together. Mm-hmm. And we've been open a year. We It really was not our intent in the beginning to sell a lot of food, mm-hmm. but it has really probably 75% of our business is from food items that are sold. And we have a huge variety of food, specialty foods. Um, We have a lot of gifts and we support a lot of other small businesses in our business, like the macarons that you're going to Mm -hmm. um, check or to eat and enjoy. I'm not gonna be checking too much. I'm gonna be eating a lot more than I'm checking, trust me. Um, They are from a local baker from Shuggy Mac Macarons and she does an amazing job. We have um, new flavors weekly. And they always change out. She always does a theme. So, so what do I have here? Because I've never had these before. This will be my first experience with these. I see an orange one, a yellow one, a blue one, pink one, white one. Is that is that the different flavors of them? I For guess? this week. Yeah. Last week was kind of a fruit theme. So okay. there's um, cherry cheesecake. There's a strawberry one, a peach cobbler. Oh, blueberry banana muffin. Banana bread. Blueberry muffin. Mm-mm-mm. And there's Very one neat. more. But it's awesome that you, uh, you know, have these other business coming. I'm looking through your Facebook page here. Uh, you have like Heritage Homestead with some chocolate chip freeze dried ice cream. I mean, you, just, you have they've everything. been working hard putting that freeze dried ice cream together. Oh, I, I follow her page, <laughs> and that is new for us. Um, I think we're going into our third week of having it, and we've had to reorder every week. That has been wow. a huge hit. People love freeze dried ice cream. Well, and, you know, the idea, I guess, started with these mixes, right? So were you guys making the mixes or just kind of reselling those? (laughs) 
how it started. My husband and I had a weird hobby. We like to flip junk. Okay. Like, that's not a weird hobby. That's. I think that's a hobby that you yeah. know a lot of people yeah. can get um, behind. It's a fun it, one. It paid for a lot of our vacations, several cruises. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for years. We had some. What's your favorite cruise? We've only done Carnival. Okay. But well, like de- Destination. Grand Turk. Oh, my parents, yeah. I think, did that one. It, sounded, it looked like a blast. And she got yes. to go there flipping junk. Right. Yeah. That's sorry. So I'm, cool. taking you off, yeah, I'm taking you off topic. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so we had a couple booth rentals in Hagerstown, and we had switched up where we had a booth rental. And where we, the newer place had a lot of the booths had more retail items. So I told my husband, I said, we have to up our game a little bit. So I searched out and we found the dip mixes. It was at a great price. It was, I think, a good sale. Whenever I go somewhere, I buy dip mixes. Now, okay. when you say dip mixes, for people that might not know what you're talking about, what do you mean by that? Like veggie and chip dip. Okay. Um, our dip mixes, you can also make spreads, dressings. We have dessert mixes where you can do a cheese ball, cheesecake, mm. a fruit dip. So you put the, you provide the binding in, mm-hmm. in like the um, cream cheese or the sour the, cream or whatever it is to, to mix it with. Yeah. But the, these are little dry packages right. of the spices and all that, all pre-packaged, so you don't have to dole out the the ingredients. Correct. So we had decided we were going to add that and also do some craft and vendor fairs. So when I we placed our order, we got it. We started doing some Facebook Lives. We were selling out as soon as we was getting them. I was like, wow, this is going great. <laughs> so um, we are friends with the person who owns our building that our store is located in and he had a vacancy and had been vacant for a while. It was previously a store, but he was thinking about doing some other things, but decided at the time was not a good time. He was still going to leave it either an office or a store. So we talked with him and decided we're going to open Mimi and Pawpaw's dip some more. That's awesome. And when we first got our business license, we strictly was doing the dips and the flippable stuff. Mm -hmm. So, we were working on our name and we decided Mimi and Pawpaw's dips. And I said, we'll add the end more. So that will cover whatever. Yeah, it keeps the, the options open. Options <laughs> open. And then I'd say, look at through your Facebook here. You have so many options of all kinds of different things. And it looks like you walk into your shop and it's just a wonderland of stuff that, you know, you didn't necessarily think you'd be looking for when you walked into your store. Definitely. People are surprised. And people generally have to take two or three trips yeah. around to catch well, this everything. This is my second time through the pictures, so I can understand that. Yes. <laughs> so I, 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 it looked like there was salsa. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. basket. I'm seeing, like, um, you know, gourmet pretzels. I'm, it looks like um, jerky, like yeah, gourmet jerky. Sticks, cool. They're amazing. they're amazing. And we get um, old-time candy from mm-hmm. the Pennsylvania Dutch Market. We team up with them. They um, wholesale to us, so it's awesome. Oh, nice. A great connection. And we get our pretzels from them, and probably 99% of our candy comes from there. And we go up every week, every other week, and get an order. These pretzels, you've never tasted <laughs> They do anything. look good. They are good. You're def- When you had one, you're going you to. have more of them, huh? Mm-hmm. So how important is it for you? I mean, you say that all a lot of the places that are a lot of the different, you know, uh, items that you have to store from different, um, you know, local people how important is that for you to have that local you know connection that local i guess vibe makers yeah it's very important i love small business i've always worked for a small business and small business is our community and it's what builds our community and i think that's so important i have um volunteered for different nonprofits and doing different things and i just love being a part of the community and giving back absolutely and especially you can get you know all this local stuff in one local you know locally owned place right in town, which is very cool.
Yeah. And, and I know um, we're going to be probably getting some more traffic through your door because you're going to be one of our featured 50% Friday ooh, ooh, um, ooh. businesses. So uh, that'll be pretty exciting, too. Yes, we're super excited about that and seeing what it will do for our business and all that good stuff. And I'm also, well, I'm also seeing on here, too, uh, if, you know, school's back in, maybe you want to, uh, well, at least if I was uh, still in school, I'd try to get all my teacher's good graces a little bit. You got plenty of stuff to hook teachers up with at your shop, too. Definitely. My, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. my daughter did a little commercial last week on all of our... We yeah, got that right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's had a lot of Filling views. up that tote bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is sometimes my marketing here social, social media, media yeah guru. yes the kids and are the best at that we have lots there's still time to barbecue we have lots of sauces we carry barbecue beast which is bottled in waynesboro hmm. and it is really good and i had never heard of it until we opened the store and my daughter was like hey you need to really try this and get it in the store and it's super good we have six different flavors one wow. of the things that I think of when I think of a shop like yours is it's it's a really great place to get a unique gift. And you can start shopping in September for Christmas, mm-hmm. Jordan. You really can. <laughs> you you make you say that like I always wait till the last minute to go Christmas shopping, Marsha. Because Marcia. you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there, are, there are things that are shelf-stable enough that uh, you could give someone a, a nice little basket with salsa and, and that kind of thing, right? Definitely. We have the barbecue sauce has a good shelf life. The, if you have soda lovers, we have Reading Draft Soda that's been new to the last month, and that has been a huge hit. We've already had to go get our second order. Wow. And we have, if you like Lancaster, we have a lot of Lancaster <laughs> yeah. items. We love Bringing Lancaster. Lancaster here without that's the drive, right? right? That's we, right. We love going to Lancaster, and I think you like mm, going to Lancaster, oh yeah. <laughs> too. And um, so we just, like, yeah. We have a little bit of Lancaster here. Well, we just have uh, a few seconds till we have to uh, make way for Hoppy Kirchville here on WPM and WCST. But can you let people know where they can go to get in touch with you? Of course, your Facebook page, social media, and things like that. You can find us at 519 Winchester Avenue, Suite 2, right in Martinsburg. Perfect. And I am going to get in. And it's, how do you pronounce these? Guys? It's, a, it's a macaron. Macaron. Okay, macaron. Yes. I never even know how to say them. So what, Mimi and Papa's. That's right. Dips and more. more. Dips yes. and more. And thank you for coming in and joining us right. this morning. Thank you for bringing us the treats. It's right. always great. Thank and you. it's great that we got them before Jason did. Yes. Yeah. We'll Score. make sure we get those pretzels too before you go mm-hmm. over to Jason. We're going to need some of those. <laughs> okay. But if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But for Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. And we will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.